Welcome home radio podcast. Are you looking to buy or sell your home? Our team is here with answers to guide you through the buying and selling process. We encourage you to ask questions. Please comment on this show or visit us at welcomehomeradio.net for more information. Bringing real estate, lending, and education together in one place and to help you make the right home decision for you and your family. Here are your hosts, Blair Thomas, Tom Holm, Alan Pace, and Jeff Duffy. Hey, good morning. It is February 15th, and we are so excited to be with you today. Welcome to Welcome Home Radio, where real estate, lending, and learning come together. I am so excited. I hope you got to watch the Super Bowl this Sunday. It was a great game. And we're going to be talking about something that we're going back to the basics. We're going to go back and talk about mortgage loans and loan types, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the options that are out there. As buyers start spinning up for this spring purchasing and getting ready for summertime, I think we need to go over. So I just am so excited about today's show. Gentlemen, welcome. Glad to see y'all. Did you have a good Sunday for watching the game? Yeah, absolutely. Then it ended up being a good game, so that makes it all the more fun. It was a good game. It, it definitely was a good game down to, and I, I saw the comparisons between the quarterbacks. Boy, it was like, uh, who, which one which one played? I, I do think Jalen outplayed Patrick Mahomes. He had an MVP game. Unfortunately, he did not win, but he did have a very impactful game for Philadelphia. So... But hey, I'm excited about today's show. I'm I really want to get into this because I think people need to understand the mortgage options, where we're at in the market. So right off the bat, I want to go over just let's go down the list of of what the types of loans there are. And I'm going to start us off with conforming. Conforming is a conventional mortgage, also called. So conforming can start with a down payment of 3% minimum up to 20% or as much as they would like. But uh, conforming can also have what's called PMI, private mortgage insurance. If you pay or put down less than 20% equity or 20% in there, that you're going to have a PMI or an MI, a part of your monthly mortgage. What else about conforming, Tom? What else would you like to bring out? Well, you might point out, you said three, two things. Uh, conforming is a reference to it conforms to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac standards. Yeah. So in other words, it's not conforming to the rules that I wrote yesterday as far as the end of the game. And, you know, Philadelphia. I'm flagging you already. Wait a minute. Philadelphia really won the game. So he couldn't oh, wait. Wow. He couldn't wait. Uh, you know. <laughs> What are Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac? should all wear our zebra shirts today. <laughs> Sounds like it. But uh, when we talk about a conforming loan, you might want to go into uh, some of the details for our listeners about how would you acquire a 3% down loan. There's usually some additional things we've got to throw in there as far as normal qualifying. Well, I mean, you're going to have overlays, as we call them, guidelines and guidelines generally give us the type of loan that is best for this type of buyer. Now, there could be a credit score. There could be assets. There could be, um, oh gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting the term, but uh, 
what is the term for more uh your monthly payment reserve reserves there we go got got to have a certain amount of reserves available my dad always said if you can remember you forgot you ain't got a problem so don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> oh i tell you it's tough getting old oh boy i'm trying to catch up to tom but i don't think We're i'm going on top to. of it this morning <laughs> well, and that's what well, i wanted to point out to our listeners is that five percent down is going to be a little bit easier to qualify for ten percent down is going to be a little bit easier to qualify for so on and so forth the highest standard of course is with three percent down because first off you have to get a home buyer education certificate in your file for us to be able to do that type of loan in uh, generally everywhere plus the uh <clears throat> the um, credit requirements are stiffer with regards to that so uh I, I think that's one thing for you know our audience to just totally understand that when we throw out different programs and that'll be consistent with everything we talked about today that it is relying upon stipulations concerns requirements and risk factors that the uh, investor is going to want you to meet in order to do a specific loan, whether it's FHA, VA, or conventional type loans. Well, let's. What, let's, what are the uh, types of the, that certification that buyers must go through? What's the time frame? That's isn't that typically they can do that, take those courses online. And generally nowadays they can. Uh, the lender is supposed to give to the borrower a list of at least 10 qualified HUD approved agencies. You don't get it through HUD. And sometimes people get that confused and they start trying to call HUD and that type of deal. And that's kind of a lost leg. Uh, we should in the first three days give to the borrower a list of qualified. And again, it has to be at least 10 so they can go shop at Jeff. In other words, that some some of these entities will do it for free, but that may be just once a month that they're offering it. Whereas you can get it online for $200 immediately. Now you've got first time home buyers and now you've added an additional cost to their acquisition of the financing. So those are the, the weight that happens with regards to that, that they should be able to go out and shop for that uh, uh, specific type of plan, which is, again, will benefit them. I think our listeners need to understand one other thing, Tom, is in reference to guidelines and then additional overlays certain organizations have direct access to a fannie freddie jenny va usda that sort of thing and they write to those guidelines from those organizations those investors but sometimes you have other organizations that have guidelines additional over and above we generally call them overlays to those guidelines Help us understand what the differences is, why those guidelines are there, why those overlays may come into play to help them understand what the value of, of a lender may or may not be by perception, because not all lenders write the same way on a conforming or a conventional mortgage to a VA because they have additional overlays and that needs to be understood. Well, uh, when you reference overlays, it's simply the investor looking at risk. And risk is what prices loans. Risk is whether or not loans will be done by the investor. Uh, and some investors have a taste for higher risk. Some investors in today's market will go down to a 580 credit score with FHA. Uh, 
and some will go down below 580 actually there there are very limited number of folks that go below 580 but once you get to that level you've also got to show that you've got 10 you've got to put 10 percent down on an fha deal so again it's all the appetite you have for uh, and what do i want to say uh, appetite or risk as to whether or not you allow these additional layers to be added to the loan for maybe a first-time home buyer so a first-time home buyer with a 570 credit score that's trying to put down three and a half percent on an fha deal you know the investor says eh, i don't think that's going to be in our where in our box where we can put it in one of our boxes and of course there's associated higher rates with that higher returns but that again goes back to that risk factor of the risk that back in the risk that comes with that. And so one of the other things I want to make sure our listeners understand that we get out in the open that every mortgage, every mortgage originator, every mortgage lender sells their mortgage. Every mortgage is sold. It's grouped together. It's purchased by mortgage backed securities. And the servicing piece is the one that so many people want want to understand or want to know where they're sending their checks to on a monthly basis. There's some lenders that sell both sides, the mortgage as well as the servicing. There's others like us. We sell the mortgage to Fannie or Freddie, Jenny, investors generally. But the servicing piece we maintain. We service every loan we originate. Help us, Tom, to understand what's the difference in those types of lenders that only sell the mortgage or sell the mortgage and the servicing? Well, uh, borrowers know this immediately when they close on the loan because the first thing they get is the notification within the first 30, 45 days that they're gonna make their payment to some someplace else. So, you know, uh, the nice thing about where you are and uh, the provisions with your company, uh, one. Mortgage companies look at holding the servicing in one of two fashions. If you hold the servicing, it's going to be expensive. You've got to hire people to service the loan. You've got to get people that will monitor whether or not the payments are being made. You've also got people in a section that you have to develop that watches out for when the payments aren't made, then the um, uh, negotiations begin as far as, well, can you make the payment sometime later? So they have a, a lot of additional overhead if you service a loan. But every month when the payment is made, you get to keep a piece of that little payment to help pay for those people that are doing that. So that's the first thing you note when you close is that, is this going to be the same people I did the loan with? Did it change as far as the name of the company? Because if it changed as far as the name of the company where you're paying your payments, then you know they sold the servicing on the transaction. And that's, is, that's the best way to tell that. Well, and, and But is there a pro and a con to you? Because early in my career, I had a, a wonderful Air Force colonel. We did a loan for them, closed in December. January, it moved. February, it moved again. March, it moved, you know, and it finally settled in April and he was able to make consistent payments to the same location. And 
And it, it can be a bother for those borrowers that, hey, where am I sending my check this month? Well, that can be part of the headache. Uh, I, 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 the pros and cons actually end up more in favor of the lender or not. You know, I've worked for companies where we actually did the servicing after I closed it. And so every month they'd get a statement with my picture and my, my phone number on there, meaning that that person feels like and truly can feel like they're being serviced after the loan as well as, you know, when the loan was created. So there's a lot of better assurance when you're in those positions and you ask your, you know, your loan officer, will your company be servicing the loan? That keeps you close to them marketing wise. It keeps them close to them. If they have questions, if they're unhappy with the servicing, they'll get, they'll let you know about that. <laughs> Good luck. Yep. If you're a lender ahead. that is willing to take on a little more risk, like you mentioned on lower credit scores, Ben, is there an assumption of, well, they're going to hang on to it a little longer until that loan matures a little bit since it's already kind of a, a, you know, a higher risk possibly? Well, to be able to securitize it and sell it into the higher risk pools, that usually is a requirement. Because if a loan goes bad in that first six months to 12 months, there's usually some type of buyback agreement as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, our, the 95, 99% of the people that are listening to the show, they're, they're going to make their payment. But that 1% that gets divorced or loses their job and suddenly can't make their payment any longer, uh, it's kind of a big deal because <clears throat> they'll have some assurances that they can't call you the loan officer even and say, look, I need to work out something as far as this goes. I've lost my job. My wife and I have split up. And that way you can help give the best advice possible with, you know, what to do, because you don't want those mortgages, no matter what, you don't want them to be foreclosed on if you can avoid it. And every lender out there, the first thing they see when things go south is, is this person willing to cooperate to help us facilitate the dispensation of the collateral? That sounds very technical and very cold, but that's what they're thinking is that our main concern is to now to make it a priority to get the property sold. And in these higher inflationary times and people crazy enough to pay whatever they will pay for houses uh, still, uh, in our market, it's pretty much crazy to think that uh, somebody might lose their house. And, uh, you know, the only example I've got is a, a friend of mine. Uh, she's been in this circumstance where she had to go through the COVID thing. She got ill. She did deferments of her payments and so on and so forth. And now that she's back, she's having some health issues. And so it's hard for her to make her payments uh under her allowances that she receives and um she's kind of put her head in the sand and so i have to keep kicking her saying look don't put your head in the sand be active about this proactive you've got some equity in the property don't let them take it back because you you know just gave up and people tend to do that and that's the sad thing about when we see foreclosures you know life has already kicked you kind of in the teeth and uh, whether it's bad health in her case or a divorce or 
um, you know, again, loss of job, any of those things, the last thing the lender wants to have is that property. And it really does help. I mean, if I open up an account to buy a house, it really helps to have that same consistent company throughout and not selling the loan here and there. And as Blair said earlier, you know, three different places where it goes in the first six months, that that's usually uh, your, your client is thinking, what did he do to me? <laughs> I was actually told well, by you know, that I, client I just that he would never bring... refer. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Al. No, I was just going to say, um, for the average person out there listening who might be a buyer or a seller or whatever, um, you know, one, if you're a new realtor, stay in your lane, let the lenders land and the title company's title company, and you do your best at doing the real estate thing. But you got to find the right lender. You got to, you know, learn from people with experience to talk to the right lenders. And, you know, it's what's best for your clients. And if you're a regular buyer out there, first time buyer, um, if you get a new realtor, uh, you know, understand everything in the world can be shopped. So if you're not comfortable, talk to somebody else until you get comfortable. It's the biggest decision you're ever going to make. And as far as terms and things and people that uh, companies that buy loans after you buy your house, a lot of folks don't think of that. Um, it's surprising to me. Just Friday, I talked to another first time home buyer and I, you know, it's, it was a cold lead that I happened upon and they, well, I've been waiting cause I thought I had to put 20% down. Well, they make $68,000 a year and they're not going to put 20% down. The house they're going to be able to buy is going to be a very small house. Uh, probably as small as we can offer in the Dallas Fort Worth area. But I had to dispel that notion of 20% down. And so um, I don't think they're ready yet, I think, but at least they're talking about buying. And so if you're one of those folks out there listening to this, all I can tell you is start, just start the process. And it starts with your financing. It starts with a good lender. And from there, you make progress. Realtors can't do a thing for you until a lender says, go ahead. <laughs> it's that simple. That is true. That is true. And that client that, that the loan was sold multiple times inside the first six months, they literally called me back and said, I will never refer you again uh, to anyone. And wow. that's what helped me understand what the big deal was because servicing a mortgage is so important where, you know, just like Alan just said, this is the largest purchase the majority of the people are making and making on-time payments is a concern and they want to be on time. But if they don't know where it's going, there's a potential for a missed payment or a payment going somewhere else. And, and it may take 60 days for that payment to collect, get caught up and move. So you do want to understand that going out when you leave title, and that's why escrow officers go down through that. I've seen it time and time again. This is where your first payment, this is how much your first payment is. This is where it's going to go. If you don't receive these, here is a copy of what you need to send on the first month. And normally and lenders is, and, and realtors that are sitting in there along with Jeff, I'm telling you, we say that too. We're, we're telling our clients all the time, it's going to change. <clears throat> you know, keep an eye on your mail your emails. I know mean, all title companies offer all the docs, email and mail, but 
the other part is, you know, you tell your clients, don't just throw your mail away, you know, go through it. You know, Cause I know a lot of people, everything's online now, but you do get stuff in the mail and it's so easy to miss it. It is. It is. So conventional, the pristine, the, the probably the, the best mortgage out there with the best rates. Uh, again, a lot of times people putting more money down. Uh, but let's go into the first time home buyers. That can be FHA, that could be VA, that can even be USDA. So let's talk FHA real quick. Pros. What are the pros for an FHA mortgage? Let's go high on our ratios. Yeah. Okay. What do you mean by ratios? Tom, our ratios are talking about let's have a lot of debt. Yeah. <laughs> well, a first time home buyer is like the only thing they're thinking about there is less money down out of their pocket. That's they don't care yeah. who buys the loan later. Exactly. They could care less about ratios or any of that stuff. What they care about is I got $18,000 to my name. I do make good money and I've got good credit. So three and a half percent. Okay. Let's try it. That's what they're thinking. Okay. So low down payment ratios. There's a front end and back end ratio. Front end ratio is purely comparing your income to the cost of the PITI or principal interest taxes and insurance. And the back end ratio is including all your other liabilities. And in an FHA mortgage, you can go up to generally 55% debt to income DTI. So good points on that. What are the cons of FHA? Let's have a lot of debt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Tom's oh, number one. He's number one. <laughs> number one. So a lot of debt. You think and Tom, it sounds like you're negative on FHA. What's up with that? Well, I mean, FHA yeah. in my mind is the loan of last resorts, and I don't mean that in a mean way. Uh but, but if, that's the way you come across. sounded that way. But <laughs> Uh, FHA, the, the challenge you've got with it is you, it's an expensive loan. And for first time home buyer, it's an expensive loan. Well, Tom, it's only three and a half percent down. Yeah, but you're going to have mortgage insurance and the mortgage insurance rate stays with it for the life of the loan if you put the minimum down. So, and mortgage. So, uh, time out, time out. There insurance. is no way. Are you telling me there's no way the FHA mortgage insurance premium? Can be dropped off cannot it, it stays there if you put down 10 percent, it goes away after 11 years yeah you can do it okay so, and who puts down 10 percent on an fha deal i mean they've got this guy in uh, washington dc that flies to your house if you put down 10 percent, and when you move in he hugs you <laughs> <laughs> he's the official 10 percent hugger for uh for hud I wonder but, if his real job is NFL refereeing. Oh, oh, let's bring that up. Okay. Oh, yeah, my goodness. We're going down. Yeah. Already. Jeff, it appears that we have a Huggy few Huggy. hurt Eagles fans here today. <laughs> and the, the reality is, though, that FHA, again, you know, they're more generous. They're more 
uh, aggressive with higher ratios. You can have more debt. You can have lower credit scores and it not affect your interest rate as much. They'll go below the 620 level that uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac will restrict you to. Uh, so they're, uh, they're geared towards, and the positive thing is they're geared towards first-time home buyers. So if I am a first-time home buyer and I'm getting my act together and I'm going through the process of being a responsible citizen, yada, 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 that stuff that I'm trying to put together in my life, it can be a great first step, but yeah. And didn't they recently increase the approval amounts? Say one more time. We're, yes. we're, the the recent approval amounts that helps a lot. When the loan, loan limits Absolutely. went up. Loan limits went up for both con conventional as well as FHA. So uh, that is a positive. Because I closed a lot of first-time home buyers, and you, you guys do as well. And it's like, wow, that's what you're paying for your first house. <laughs> you know, we would uh, all of us guys would never have thought about, dreamt about that when we purchased our first home. No, that is true. But it is a springboard loan. It is a generally, and, and Alan, may, maybe any any one of y'all can answer this question of first-time home buyers are generally in their first home, their starter home. Their their it's not their forever home and they're generally in there between three and seven years is that correct alan or or tom or or jeff well i i i think it varies and you know but the one thing to remember is most lenders realtors title company people professors of real estate in schools have all bought their first home and have been through the process while they're helping a first-time home buyer so a lot of that goes into the help that you give and I have a question about FHA loans, though, um, while we're talking about that. Is there a different standard, like if you borrow 650000 on FHA versus $200,000 house, or is a standard a standard? Well, there's a limit to an FHA by right. county. But, I mean, I'm saying on the higher-priced homes, like Jeff was saying, how do lenders look at that? I mean, like, it would be – it's surprising. I think what Jeff's point was, wow, you know – we all spent 125 or 150,000 on our first house or 300,000. We didn't buy a $628,000 home just getting started. So are the standards for those people different or is a standard a standard? Well, I think my best answer for that would be a standard is a standard. Okay. Now, I, I would say with a higher dollar home, you've got people that probably are in a higher wage earning profession. Right. And so would it be more aggressive towards those people that, you know, one's a nurse and one is a teacher somewhere and uh, I, they're going to be more in probably a, a white collar job with an educational background that would lend a little bit more, you know, how do I, the best way to say this, and I don't want to sound prejudiced, but those people that have gone through that educational situation are more in, uh, less inclined to be foreclosed on. And I would, my point is risk, you know, the risk, if you're, that's it, you know, right. if people are willing to spend that much money on their first home, where have they been in the past and why can't they get a conventional loan or why can't they put 15, 20% down, you know, or, you know, that's my point. I'm trying to talk about risk. People that I know a lot of people that make a lot of money that don't have good credit. 
student well, loans. <laughs> and, and, and to tell you, and I'd give this example in my class. I gave this actually in my class yesterday. So, yeah, two people. So I've got two people that come in that are qualifying for a loan. How is their lifestyle be? How is it being reflected? They go out to dinner every night. They go along and they go to their vacation once a year and travel. And and the reason why now those two people are getting together to buy a house is they want to start a family. And so they're in the process of changing their lifestyle, but their lifestyle up until the day they're qualifying, they know that there's a loan out there that they can get a gift from mom and dad to pay their down payment. Uh, the seller can pay their closing costs. I can premium price the loan to uh, pay any additional costs that are involved. And I can leave them with that much money when they get the house. So again, FHA is willing, is the, the investors with FHA are more willing to take a higher amount of risk with that zero percentage. And yet, you know, we already see they're paying $2,200, $2,500 in rent. So you're hanging your hat on that they've had this history of paying rent at $2,500, and now their new $3,000 payment shouldn't be much of a hickey. They just stop. They need to stop going to Starbucks every day. Well, my guess would be on people that make a lot of money that use an FHA loan and buy an expensive house have bought upper-end cars or you know, they've done right. The they may have the debt situation that's also coming from the fact that their spending habits are not good. They're not listening to Dave Ramsey like my daughter does, which is Miss Austere. I said, honey, aren't you going to go out to a Super Bowl party? No, I know it's going to cost me money, Dad. I'm like, she acts like she's broke, but she, she just puts the money aside for what she wants to use it for. My daughter's into him, too, and I'm happy that you know, I am that's too. happening, but I think, I don't know. I'm just having a hard time wrapping around the risk. If you make a lot of money and you're spending a lot of money and you're using an FHA loan, I guess, I guess this is a good uh, question maybe for Jeff or Blair, but what kind of clients do you see that not specifically, obviously, but if they're making a lot of money and they say, do they tell you they want an FHA loan or are you telling them that's all they qualify for or how's that work? Generally for me, when somebody asks, what can I qualify for? I want to buy a home. I try to fit up at least two options for them. And sometimes an FHA option is sometimes the best option uh, because of down payment with conventional, they're not able to, or because of the credit requirement, DTI, as Tom says, uh, more debt uh, and or credit scores can help them. But that is one. Uh, a lot of times I'm working with a veteran that should qualify for a VA. VA does wonderful on the DTI, uh, but credit scores, they generally are a little tighter then. So, uh, you know, I'm going to fit them into the best mortgage that is possible for them that they're able to buy a home, period. Well, now, FHA, FHA requires Blair to do that. If you qualify for both a conventional and an FHA loan, they actually have a sheet that you have to fill out and show that you gave them an opportunity to understand what the significance would be um, to get a conventional loan versus FHA. And a lot of lenders, uh, that's in your, that will be in the actual closing package when they close on that deal. 
Um, my sometimes challenge is that loan officers are maybe not aware of that, that it's going to be there. And secondly, that they didn't go ahead and sit down with their bars and say, look, I do want you to look at this form, especially before closing about what you could do if we did this conventional, because if they're qualified to do conventional, FHA requires them to get this comparison sheet. It's, it's mandated that they see a comparison. Yeah. It has to be acknowledged that they were made aware of that. Uh, I just see FHA really being that springboard mortgage to get people where they want to go, which is buying their first home. And they may not be in it long, but the bottom line is, and a lot of people do FHA when they know they can refinance maybe six, nine months, 10 months, 12 months later into a mortgage, a, con a conventional or conforming that will save them money. Plus, back a few years ago, home rises were going up so quickly that they could generally get into a 20% equity position and drop MI pretty quickly. So uh, that is a possibility. Now, the FHA, one of the things that is required is that mortgage insurance premium, and that is to help pay because of the higher percentage of foreclosures or failures to pay happen in that industry in that mortgage loan group that that insurance premium helps pay ensure the lender is not out any money now the bank that has it they don't want to hold on to that property they want to get rid of it as soon as possible they're not in the business of renting or anything so they will take and foreclose on it but they will be turning it and that's where an opportunity can take place for a buyer and investor to come in and so I think well, you're right about the banks not wanting to be in that business. I selling through that 2006 to 2009 period there, seven, eight, nine, let's say, dealing with banks and foreclosures and short sales, and you know, it, it, it was really difficult dealing with some of them. Just really difficult. Sure. Well, it's 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 difficult any time that somebody is going through a foreclosure and and a hard time. I mean, that's that's hard on everybody around, but yep. I want to move on to one of my favorite over 60% of my business. And I gotta, I gotta bring out my veteran brothers and sisters. I'm just so grateful that you've earned that benefit VA loans and the value that they have the pros and cons. So what are the pros for VA from y'all's perspective? Well, I'll just go financing first and foremost, hundred percent financed home. That is correct. Nothing down. There's still costs for closing costs, setting up escrows, all of that. But there is a 100% financing option for a VA, a veteran that has earned that benefit. Yes, you can be a military person and you can be, uh, as, as one discovered very quickly in his career, you can say you're a veteran and you've been in the reserves and you went through school for a year at the engineering school, but you were never earned the veteran benefit just because you were on active duty for a year because you were only in school. Veterans are people that have been deployed in a combat zone to been deployed for eight, uh, eight, 18 or 18 months. But uh, it, it generally is an opportunity for a veteran to use and buy a home at 100% financing. And it's a great benefit for them as well as for their spouses if they passed away. So 
from their from their military service from their military service May, oh, gold star sure. family members there you go gold star family those that have lost a spouse in combat they can use the va benefit as well and, and so you you're talking about this uh, just real quickly let's make sure for our veteran folks out there they understand they need 90 days of active duty during wartime. We've been at war since uh, September of 2001. So anybody that's been in the service that has 90 days of active duty uh, has the um, uh, ability to apply for their eligibility to give them zero down on a, on a home purchase. If they serve during peacetime, it's 181 days. 180 days, yes. 180 or 181? I. I believe it's 180. Okay. I'll, uh, let's double check that because I'm teaching this in my class and I had somebody kind of dispute that with me the other day. <laughs> Our book says 181 and I'm like, well, well I think it's 181, but uh, you know, and you're, you're talking about the first time home buyer Blair and it's, it's always the first question out of my mouth when I'm talking to a, somebody who maybe, answered an ad or, you know, hit me up because referred and they'll say, how's it work? You know, how do you, where do you get the money and how much does it cost and how long does it take and how much do homes cost? And my first question is always, are you a veteran? I, it's like right off the bat. And cause we can go straight from there to so many good scenarios. Yes. Um, and because you're a veteran doesn't mean you're limited to a, a VA loan. So, you know, you start there though, and on a first-time home buyer, I am. I it just makes my face light up when I see their face light up, because a lot of veterans to this day don't know about the hundred percent financing, and they don't know about the various tax breaks they get in the country. Texas is very good with veterans on disability, anyway. Um, I think correct, right? If you're hundred percent disabled. You don't pay any real estate taxes in Texas. Only in Texas. Yep. So, and that's where I do my business. So that's, that's greatness. <laughs> and um, their faces light up. I'm not kidding you. When they move here, it is, it is a cool thing. It is. Blair, and what was the recent stat you quoted with the number of veterans who are moving to Texas uh, consistently or where? We are averaging here in Texas 200, uh, over 100,000 veterans moving into the state. We surpassed California in June of last year as the number one veteran state in the country. We are the number one Gold Star family state. We are the number one women veteran state in the country. And so, again, the benefits, a lot of those folks are moving here because of the veteran benefits. But 100% financing is not the only key pro one of the things and, and tom in your hit in your background what is the highest dti that you've done a va loan with you're asking me yes well one of the highest that i've heard of was at 59 and a half percent 71 percent i've got an approval on a va mortgage wow well in the course of the you know they're qualifying with uh they're qualifying with that residual method. So they're probably don't have a big family. They're buying here in the South. And that is the nice thing about residual method to qualify the veterans. It is more of a true compass as to what they can afford. Sure. 
but a true pro again it's a benefit earned by a veteran and yes head monkey butt our wonderful producer uh did confirm 181 days on active duty during peacetime and uh but it Uh oh, somebody just got froze up. <laughs> That's quite the look he's got. I know. It is. It's intense. <laughs> Hi, I'm Blair. <laughs> I've been a lender for three years. <laughs> See, that's what he gets. Yeah, I think we might have lost him, but. Put the, put the heck there he is. I lose everybody? Okay, now you're back. back. There, he is. there he is. Rats. Okay, I thought we were going to have fun. Hi, Blair. Welcome to Welcome Home Radio. <laughs> Yep, we lost him. Oh, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> well, well, I we'll think we're kind of late anyway. talking about veterans. Did you watch see the flyover yesterday? They all uh, lady all female pilot. pilots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the lead was from Texas. I don't. I can't remember was she a captain or I can't remember what her exact uh, title or ranking was, but that was pretty yep. cool. That was really well, cool. I think we're running right at our our limit here anyway, so maybe it's a good time to get off and. We'll just, uh, oh, there he is. Are you back? <laughs> I'm back. I'm sorry about that. We were just going to sign off without you, but you go ahead. Well, I hey. mean, this guy still, Blair still uses AOL as his email. So, you know. <laughs> He's number one. Well, number we're number one. one. Hey, number one thank you again. Two. Going back to basics, getting used to ask your lender, what are my options? Understand the mortgage options that you have. There are, there are so many more. There's adjustable rate, our arms, there's high balance, there's jumbo, of course, USDA. And of course, we're going into an, our, our next show is going to be all about reverse mortgages. So we look forward to it. God bless. Thank you for your time. I'm Blair Thomas. I'm Tom Holm. I'm Alan Pace. I'm Jeff Duffy. God bless. Welcome Home Radio production provided by Lunatic Digital. Check the listing of this podcast for the links to our sponsors. And don't forget to like, share, and follow us on social media. Visit welcomehomeradio.net for more information. This was a Lunatic Digital production. Visit lunaticdigital.com for all your digital needs.